Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. After the 2008 election, a secretive, well-funded partisan initiative poured money into state legislative races in key swing states to gain control of their redistricting process used and used high-tech analytics to dramatically skew voting maps based on demographic data. The result was one of the greatest electoral manipulations in U.S. history, one that poses a fundamental threat to our democracy and exacerbates the already polarized atmosphere in Congress and in state houses across the country. And that is a bit of the backstory, background on this remarkably well-told, uh, especially for an issue that can get sometimes into the weeds of, uh, and, uh, and hard to understand for people who are not in the political process, which is gerrymandering. And the, the film is called Slay the Dragon, and we're joined today by the co-directors of the film, Barak Goodman and Chris Durrance. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. I'm going to start with you, uh, Eric, uh, and that is, uh, you've done other films. You've uh, you've worked on political films and history of politics in this country. Uh, what was it that drew you to do this documentary at this point in uh, in your life and in your as, as an artist and a filmmaker? It was really the uh, just as a citizen the frustration and exasperation with our politics, our political system, the polarization in our political system, and, and sort of my journalistic instinct to, to, to understand why, beyond the surface reasons, for what, what was driving, what is driving that, that extreme polarization in the country. And, um, you know, after 2016, I went looking for some answers and, and read widely and, and discovered a book by a guy named David Daly called uh, Rat F. I can't, can't give you the real name or uh, <laughs> But it's it's got a provocative title, to say the least. Um, but it was a, an expose, really, of, of just the the phenomenon that you talked about in your intro, uh, which was called Project Red Map. And it felt like really a Rosetta Stone for understanding a lot of what was going on in the country in terms of our politics and sort of cried out for treatment in a film or at least the beginning of the film, we very much wanted to see what was happening after the book was published and sort of where, where the story went. But, you know, we got very excited and went to him, and pretty soon we had uh, um, a film underway. And Chris, uh, where did you come into the, to the uh, project? So Barak and I have worked together for many, many years. Um, I think it's coming on 10 years now. And I remember vividly, Barak was reading the book, and he came up to me in the office and just said, you've got to read this. You've got to read this. And we've got to make a film about it. Let's write to Dave Daly. And Dave wrote right back. Uh, and meanwhile, I was reading I was reading the book. And as with Barrett, it was this total eye-opener. I mean, we'd seen politics in our country get worse and worse, just more and more bitter, more and more polarized over the last 10, 15, 20 years. And this, for the first time, was a deeply reported explanation of one of what seems to me the, the, the fundamental root causes of it. It's as if we're in a house, we're living, in, we're all living in a house together, and the foundations. Uh, we're discovering that the foundations are rotten. And what Dave did was was, was unpack how. And 
we knew, as Barrett said, we knew that we wanted to go beyond RedMap. Um, so one of the first things that we did once once they came on board was start looking at the swing states, which is where gerrymandering is most pernicious, uh, because that's where it's most impactful. Looking at those states and saying, well, what's happening now? This is 2016, 2017, early 2017. What's happening now? And and that's where we came across the stories that we eventually decided to make the, the heart of the film. Let's break down the mechanics of gerrymandering. What is a digestible explanation of what it is? Barak, I'll start with you. I'll give it a shot. Every 10 years after the census, states are required to redraw the district lines, both for Congress and for their local state houses. Um, and that's because populations change, people coming in and out of the state. And this gives politicians an opportunity, if they're clever and if they're not uh, particularly ethical, to draw the lines in such a way that favors themselves as incumbents or favors their party. And essentially, they do this in two ways. One is by packing voters of the opposite party into as few districts as possible. So you concentrate them so that the Democrat, if you're a Republican, the Democrats will win those districts by huge margins, but that'll leave the rest of the state to your Republican candidates. The other way of doing it is by what they call cracking, which is essentially to dis disperse voters as much as possible dilute them into as many districts as you can, your opponents, your, your opposition voters, so that their votes essentially don't amount, don't mean anything because they'll lose those districts. So you either pack or you crack, but in either case, what you're really doing is you're making those votes count for less just by the way you draw the lines. So it, it essentially undermines the idea that all of our votes count the same. They don't when you're, when you're gerrymandering consciously for partisan purposes you're intentionally diluting the power of your opposition votes. First of all, I believe that uh, the uh, census is constitutionally mandated for every 10 years. It's a constitutional provision. Yeah. And so, right. and so this is something that uh, the Founding Fathers felt strongly enough. And it's not just done for voting. It's also done for allocation of resources. It's important. It's a very important thing. And we happen to be in a year when the census is being taken. Well, this came along fairly early in the Republic, didn't it? Tell us about the, the where the name came from and, and uh, sort of, you know, sort of the circumstances surrounding that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, gerrymandering is as old as the hills. It's as old as electoral politics, really. Um, and it originates in Massachusetts in the 1800s. Um, a, a map was being redrawn and up in, in that state, and a political cartoonist took one look at it and thought it was a salamander. The person who had to sign off on the map, as happens today in most states, was the governor. Uh, the governor was Elbridge Gerry, actually Gerry, uh, rather than Jerry. Uh, he wasn't in favor of the gerrymander. He didn't ask for it, but he did sign off it, and his name was forever being linked with this um, egregious political act. But I have to say that that it, while it is as old as the hills, while it has been going on ever since, and you'll see in the film, Ronald Reagan complaining about it, both parties have done it, but it's kind of been a, a gentleman's game. Insiders keeping outsiders at bay, scratch, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. What happened in 2010, which was really the jumping off point for, for, for the film and the, and, and the pushback, 
is a they daily says it goes into a steroid era. I mean, it really is qualitatively different what's happening now. This what we're what, what we're living under, and we are living under this today in many states, is a threat. We think to our democracy. Uh, it's that serious. It's that bad. Just take the state of Wisconsin. So the last redistricting round was done in 2010 in that state. Republicans, as you see in the film, grew this incredibly powerful gerrymander. But in the in the four elections since then, 2012, 14, 16, 18, Democrats have won three of those handily in 2012, 2016, 2018. But they have made no headway whatsoever in the state legislature. None. Zero. And they win by multiple, multiples of points. I mean, these are election victories that are on the par with, with the Watergate era, with the early 1970s and the Watergate route of the Republican Party. They do not shift a single seat fundamentally. That's how strong and how powerful the gerrymander is. And that's why it's a threat to democracy, because representation is no longer representative. It, it severs the link between our, our politicians and voters. So they can do whatever they want. There are no consequences at the ballot box for them. I'm so glad. And I'll just add to what Chris is saying. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, I just please. wanted to make clear what happened. What happened in 2010 was that one of our two political parties, the Republican Party, realized that gerrymandering could be a sort of a weapon on a national scale. As Chris said, it had been used here and there. It had been used in California by the Democrats. But a very clever consultant inside the Republican Party said, if we pour some money into local down-ballot down races, we can take control of state legislatures. State legislatures are the people who draw the maps. We can control the map-drawing process. We can gerrymander on a national scale. We can, we can engineer state after state so that when it comes around time to, to, to elect our congresspeople again, we'll have a baked-in advantage based on the lines. And that's what they did. And it was a hugely successful effort. It would cost only about $35 million, which is chump change for, for the elections these days. And they managed to flip a huge number of, of uh, state legislatures. And they managed to gerrymander many states so that you get the result that's, that Chris just described in Wisconsin. It's similar in North Carolina. It's similar in Michigan, Pennsylvania until recently, and down the list. Um, and that was all very conscious. It was all very planned. Uh, very coordinated, and it took gerrymandering to an entirely different level than what we've seen before. Yeah, and I, I'm so glad that you're, you're, you both pointed out that this isn't just the purview of the Republican Party. Uh, it has been a weapon that has been used uh, for a long, long time. In fact, in the film, I believe it's the uh, former chairman of the Republican Party, I believe it was in Wisconsin, who said that it's a case of Instead of voters, it's politicians are picking voters instead of voters picking the politicians. And that's what this really is come to. Is that a fair, fair assessment of it? Yeah, it is that. Um, and it has been done by both parties. Our film is, is, is not a partisan film, although it does take a very strong stand against what the Republican Party did in 2010. But we are just as concerned about any Democratic uh hegemony within any state doing the same thing to Republicans. This, this practice has to end. Yeah. Uh, and voters of both political parties, all political stripes, are, are 
disgusted by it, frankly, disgusted by the idea that politicians are rigging the game to benefit themselves or their own political party uh, and, and not listening to the voters. It's, it's not a partisan issue. It's across the board and it's got to stop. Yeah. And there are so many things that kind of uh, uh, spread out from this virus, this cancer in our democracy. Um, but I, just to, in terms of making an observation, uh, going back to 2010, I know that, and this is going to sound partisan, more partisan than I intended to sound, but that was the the election that the first election that I'm aware of where the Koch brothers really threw a lot of money into the election process. And I th- and they understood and have really cultivated this ever since that all the action is at the state level. That while the president is certainly important given the, the, the constraints in Washington, that if you really want to get things done, you want to get them done at the state level. Where the governor, if you control the governor and, and the fact that we elect uh, Supreme Court uh, state Supreme Court justices in many states, the fact the fact that there there are so many vulnerable politicians who are key to making a government f- a run effectively, functionally effectively, then you can really have an impact in tremendous ways. And I think that those people, including C- Chris Jankowski and others, realize that the real action is at the state level, and they got the jump on the Democrats in that regard. Again, uh, any, does that sound fair? Am I being overly harsh in that regard? All right. Chris, you want to take that one? Sure. Yeah, Chris? Yeah. Sure, sure. I can take that one. I mean, I, I, think you're, I think you're right in the substance. I mean, I think this comes off the back of many, many years of what was perceived as partisan gridlock. And if you wanted to get something done, that could be immensely frustrating. And so, you know, people who had an agenda looked at the states. And but there's one there's one point that you made that I would that I would quibble with. Um, so yes, the Koch brothers and many other people did get involved at state level. But I think what's remarkable, and we show this in the film, what's remarkable is how cheap it Barrett talked about uh, the cost for Redmap of being around $30 million. That's for 10 years in multiple states. Right. I mean, that's less than the cost of one single Senate campaign in many cases. Right. So this is, you know, when, when Chris Jankowski presented this to his donors, this was a no-brainer. This is almost chump change for them. They could still put money into presidential elections right. and do whatever they wanted. But to take this amount of power, and it's power not just in the states, but the, but, but the lower house in, in Congress, but the reason Paul Ryan is there was there for so long, was in, in power for so long. The reason that Mark Meadows, uh, you know, prominent figure in the in the Freedom Caucus and now President Trump's chief of staff, as we show in the film, is off the back of this gerrymandering that skewed the power right. Right. Uh, in Congress towards this unrepresentative uh, group of extremists, frankly. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I would I would add one thing that that. Uh, um, just to add to what Chris is saying, the, 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 where I agree with you also, Mike, is that the Republican Party has a, has a demographic problem. They, they right. are they right. are uh, losing they're losing market share. Let's put it that way. Uh, as 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 people who traditionally vote Democratic are growing in population, Republicans are diminishing. So what do you do in that case? You have to come up with a way to 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 gain power and keep power that that won't rely on simply popular votes. 
And so what you see is a very coordinated effort, not only to gerrymander, but once you have control of state legislatures and congressional delegations, you then pass a series of further voter suppression laws and acts that continue to keep our elections from truly representing the will of the voter. They, they essentially erode the principle of one person, one vote. And we all know how that, you know, we've seen many examples of this with voter ID laws and, you know, shorter poll hours and fewer polling places and, and on and on it goes. These are efforts, all of them of, of a kind, to essentially keep control when you're, you're not winning over the people. And I, I you know there was a recent editorial in the, in the Washington Post, which I completely agreed with about this very recent Wisconsin race in which, you know, they're using the pandemic essentially to suppress voters. Really, the Republican Party has a choice to make. They can continue along this road, which I think is, is a losing game, or they can adjust their message and start trying to win back voters who have left them um, or are leaving them. And, 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 you know, that ultimately, I think, is going to be, have to be what they do in order to maintain their viability, because it's not going to indefinitely work to, to squash and keep people from voting. If people don't, as I said before, like that, even their own voters don't like it. Right. Um, and it's not, a, it's not a long-term solution to the problem. Right. Well, the Republicans lost that state Supreme Court race that they were putting all the, that was yes. seen as the reason why they didn't allow for extended voting hours or vote by mail or all the things that they tried to keep from happening in Wisconsin because the the game is beginning, the curtain is lifting. And I think this is one of the things about your documentary yes. coming along as, as it does now is is for people to be able to come to this, to view this and to see the things, oftentimes this is the case in politics, uh, it certainly has been the case for me, and that is, am I the only one that's seeing this? Am I the only one who sees this as a problem? And then over time, you begin to kind of uh, uh, gather, or people begin to gather and take take efforts to uh, address these issues. And it's, it, is th- it is things like Slay the Dragon, where uh, you, you begin to, to say, no, I'm not nuts. This is actually, this is happening, and this is happening in the worst, first of all, happening at the worst possible time. One of the byproducts of the gridlock in Washington, and, one of the, and the main way to get rid of this gridlock is to essentially do away with gerrymandering, to go to a, a more efficient, right. effective say, academic way of approaching how we divide up these states into the districts. But the, 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 the core issue that has to be resolved is this. Otherwise, none of those other issues will ever effectively be addressed. And this is the thing that I have been saying for 25 years. And, and, and this is really what, what infuriates me is that neither political well the democratic party has been very ineffective at making this point they make the point but they get right. distracted they are really literally like the the dog in the movie up they are just you know somebody says squirrel and and they're off and that's and it, and but this right. hopefully is a focus and will be and again wisconsin i think is a great example and it's no accident that the one of the heart and soul of the film is Katie Fahey taking control of this process right. and, and making it something that other people are aware of. 
But yeah, this is this is it. This if you want to people are constantly upset about ineffective nature of our legislature and our political parties, it's because both sides are cheating, but the Republicans are better at it. And this is why they can hold on to power the way that they have been. I know I'm editorializing a lot here, and I, I apologize, but this is really something that is tremendously important. Well, what, what we have to do, what we have to do, just so people understand the link between gerrymandering and, as you say, what's, what's happening in Washington, is we have to reestablish we have to put fear back in, in, in politicians' uh, uh, you know, calculus. We have to make them understand that they are in jeopardy of losing their seats if they don't listen to the voters. And the only way to do that is to make their seats competitive. If they don't have, face any real competition, if the Republicans have, have drawn it so the Democrats either win by 80% or have no shot at all, they don't feel any competition. Uh, they, don't, they, they don't have anything to worry about from the opposing party, and so they don't the only thing they have to worry about is somebody outmaneuvering them on their right or their, if they're Republican or their left, if they're Democrat. So they, they become even more polarized. So we, we have to re-inject competition into our, into our races. And, and the only way to do that is to draw a fair line. Right. Once they're competitive, then they'll have to listen to the, what the voters want. They'll have to compromise. They'll have to do all those things that are dirty words in Washington right now. And, and you'll see a totally different kind of politics, one that, that is much more responsive to what voters really want, which is where we have to get back to if we're going to solve the problems that are major problems that are facing us. And if you think back, you know, we're, we're, we're all of an age, and many of the listeners, I think, will, will remember this, or think of the recent political history. You can think back to, to Congress and these groupings that we never hear of anymore. I mean, think of Blue Dog Democrats. Think of the Rockefeller Republicans. I mean, these are there. There are wings of, of both parties that have just been eviscerated, uh, and it's largely because of this practice and the politics, as I said, the politics of compromise, the politics of comedy, have gone out of have gone out of the window, and the country as a whole is paying a, a terrible price because of that. Right. There are a couple of, and as you mentioned, I'm old enough to remember politicians like Mark Hatfield. Um, um, Charles Percy from Illinois, and who were moderates. They were the they were the moderate wing, and they were the, and as you say in the film, these are the people who make the deals. These are the people who take a little bit from here and a little bit from there, and say, "Can you live with this?" And then that's how stuff gets done. And I've always contended since his announced a candidacy that Barack Obama was really the reincarnation of Charles Percy. He, he was a moderate, he would have been in another era, a moderate Republican. But it, but it says how much, how much polarization has taken place in this country. That someone who would have been but, a moderate Republican was absolutely vilified and was rendered ineffective for the, sec- certainly for his second term, because he wasn't in, in this, the extreme wings of both, either party. You were going to say exactly, and uh, uh, well, I was just going to say that this is all absolutely true and important. But what I think our film—I don't want your listeners to, right, to, to right. come away from this feeling that it's hopeless, because I think what we show in our film is Thank that, you. despite all, despite everything, our democracy still works yes. because citizens still have the ability to influence this this practice in in, in a narrow way and, and democracy in a general way simply by their own 
passion and commitment. And you mentioned Katie Fahey in Michigan, the folks that we profile in Wisconsin who bring the lawsuit that ends up in the Supreme Court. These people decided that they were going to take on this issue with nothing much more than their own, you know, passion, shoe leather, commitment, and um, frankly, the, the tools of the Internet to reach out to other people. And they've mobilized formidable movements that ended up really moving the needle and changing the country. And we're seeing that proliferate all across the country. And now that the Supreme Court has essentially washed its hands of this issue, it is going to be, you know, on us, on we the people in the, in, in the truest sense to, to take back our democracy. All that's very cliche, but in our film, you see it, how it's done, how it actually can work. And, and it's, it's truly inspiring. Um, we were blown away by getting to know these people and, you know, and, and just what they were capable of and what they did. Um, really, really inspiring experience. Barak, thank you for, for, for reeling me back in. You're absolutely right. This film is, it is hopeful. It's informative. It is the, it, you'll, it's an enjoyable watch. You have a lot of diverse voices in it. We hear from Jankowski. We hear from Chris Jankowski, the, the man responsible for what you were talking about, the 2010 um, uh, election and how important he was in all of those. But there were other people. But it, it, it gets a lot of different points of view. And as much as I've been ranting in one direction, both sides do it. Here in California, we passed, a, passed an initiative a couple of election cycles ago to address this issue of districting in our in our state. So it is happening, and there are hopeful signs, and um, I, uh, I hope I didn't take our conversation too off point, but I, it is something that is no, hard for no. me not to do is, is, is to get up to, to really get. No, it's, 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 it's maddening. It's, it's infuriating. And, and, and I completely am with you on that part of it, but I just, I just want everyone out there to know that, that it is not hopeless. Yeah. Um, it is definitely a difficult, difficult problem at the heart of our democracy. And it requires all of us to get involved, but, but the, the greatest antidote to this is to, is to throw light on it because it's a practice that only can exist in the dark. Those who do it know it's wrong. They do it anyway, but they, they, they take advantage of the fact that it's somewhat wonky and no one's really paying attention. So we hope our film, we hope the book, we hope everybody's own voices will help you know, illuminate it and, and like, like cockroaches, they'll scurry away from the light and they won't be able to do it anymore because... Um, you know, once once it's exposed, it's very hard to get away with it, uh, and so that's that's what we hope, um, and and we hope that all your listeners will bring their their voices and their their opinions to bear on it as well. Chris, do you have anything yeah, one, to add? As one we, other thing, yeah, Mike. Yes. Well, I I did I did yeah I did want to add one thought, which is that when you get down to it, it is not a partisan issue. As Barrett said, and as Katie so eloquently phrased it in frames it in the very name of the group that she established. It's voters, not politicians. It's us against politicians. We have given power to politicians and they've take it, taken that power and they're abusing it. And it's time for us to take that power back. And what you see when they get on the ballot, when these, when these initiatives get on the ballot, and there are more coming this year, but when they get on the ballot, they have overwhelming support from across the political spectrum because Whatever your beliefs are, wherever you stand on that spectrum, most of us think that rigging the rules is wrong. Right. 
sure, we can disagree on policies, and we will continue to disagree on policies, but let's have a fair fight. Let's, let's not rig the game before it's even started, because that's what happens, as Barrett said. It happens in secret. It happens well before an election is even, even takes place, well before the first vote is even cast. The result is, is preordained. Yeah. Most people don't realize that. It's disgusting. We need to shine a light on it. We need it to end. And redistricting, independent redistricting commissions, such as the one now in Michigan, are one of the main ways forward. But there are other routes forward. We all need to get involved right. and we need to put right. an end to it. Right. Well, and that's one of the things that I think is baked into the DNA of Americans is they, they, they are, they're appalled at unfair situations. Unf- unfairness yeah. is something that Americans generally will not abide by. And I think that that issue, this issue approached the, at, a, at a ballot level, uh, statewide initiative level, it will, as you said, will be a winner. And, uh, well, I want to thank you both. I, did, I just looked at the clock, and I've, ta- I've taken a lot of your time today. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate this documentary film, Slay the Dragon. You can go to slaythedragonfilm.com. I believe it's being released through Magnolia Pictures, and uh, it's uh, just Correct. be on the lookout for this. Uh, do you want to give us any heads up on uh, viewing options? Is this being released uh, online? How, how can people see it? Yeah, it's already out there on all the all the all the platforms: Amazon, uh, Apple TV, and and uh, Google Play, and all of them. You can you can rent it, you can buy it. It will be streamed at some point uh, a few months down the road, but it's already available for anyone who's interested in, in seeing it. So then go to Slay yeah, the Dragon so Film. The URL Slay yeah, the Dragon Film dot com. And I wanted to say that there's also this great initiative that that. Our distributors, Magnolia and participants, have, have come up with, which is they're partnering with local theatres. You can go on that website and you can click support your theatre and you can stream it through the local theatre so they get a bit of the proceeds. So while they're all suffering during the pandemic, unable to open their doors to, to customers, you can still do your part to watch the film and support a local theatre. So choose one in your area and, and watch it that way if you, if you choose. Thank you for that. Thank you for uh, your work here. Thank you for spending some time with us here on Film School Radio. We have been talking with Barack Goodman and Chris Durantz, the directors, co-directors of the film Slay the Dragon. You go to slaythedragonfilm.com, as uh, Chris just mentioned. Uh, gentlemen, thank you. And uh, I also put in a plug here for, is it ARC Media, your, your outfit that you do your work out of? Yes. Uh, go to that site. Yes, it is. Thank you. And all of that is, uh, you can go to the filmschoolradio.com site. I've got links to all of that. You've, you've done some great work, and you continue to do great work. So to both of you, Godspeed, and hopefully you can find some time to come Thank back you. for the next project, and I promise I will be a lot calmer than I, than I was today. So thank you so much. <laughs> all, right. all right. Take care, guys. Thank, Thank you, Mike, very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.